Happy Friday, Story Fam, and Happy New Month. As we flip our calendars to October today, we also turn our attention to a new series of messages at the Story Church. Starting this Sunday, we will explore several modern-day mantras that we so commonly hear in our world. These popular cultural mottos like, be true to yourself, karma is real, and kindness is everything, are repeated so often by so many people that everyone just seems to assume that they're true. And it must be said that each of these mantras do contain seeds of truth. When we compare these claims to the teachings of Jesus, however, it's clear that many of our modern-day truisms aren't really all that true. Some of them can actually be quite dangerous, and they all fall short of the timeless truth of Jesus and his gospel message. So, I hope you'll join me and the rest of your story family this Sunday at River Oaks or at Timber Grove or as part of our online campus for week one of our new series called True Lies, the Modern Mantras of Today's World and how they relate to and compare to the teachings of Jesus. Until Sunday, have a great weekend, y'all. And here is our Friday reflection. It's a, a few thoughts on presence, attention, and prayer. I once created an online survey prompting my Facebook followers to choose which answer most accurately describes their experience with prayer. My time in prayer usually feels like, these were the choices, either A, Kate Winslet at the beginning of Titanic, like when she said, I'm flying, remember, <laughs> on the front of the boat, B, waiting in line at the DMV, C, soaking in a warm bubble bath, D, giving birth without an epidural, E, trying to have a conversation with a friend while my phone keeps blowing up. So which one of those would you answer? The question being, what does your time in prayer usually feel like? I was surprised by the results. 73% of my Facebook friends answered E, that their time in prayer feels like trying to have a conversation with a friend while their phone keeps blowing up. In other words, most of my friends don't really know what prayer feels like because they're too distracted. As someone who has lived with attention deficit disorder most of my adult life, I know that this struggle is real. But this is a fight worth fighting because consistent, meaningful prayer requires both our presence and attention. Prayer is where God's presence and attention meet your presence and attention. Distraction, on the other hand, is like kryptonite to prayer. Have you ever been in a meeting with someone or out to dinner or on a date with someone who wasn't really there? What did that feel like to you? It probably felt like you were talking, but they weren't hearing you, right? The problem with distractions when we're trying to pray is not only that they keep us from being present with God, but distractions can actually keep you from hearing from God. This email that I received from a woman in her 30s, I think really names the struggle that many of us are having with prayer today. She wrote, I have always struggled with prayer. It is, for me, the most difficult part of my faith. I do it because I know I should and because I believe there's power there, but I always feel a little ridiculous or even like my words are bouncing off the clouds. Prayer is just so boring. I know that's a terrible thing to say, but you close your eyes, you try to shut out the other ideas in your mind, and it just seems lonely and dull. I guess I wish I could feel God on the other line. Who among us can't relate to her feelings about prayer? It is boring sometimes. I don't feel anything when I do it. It's too easy to get distracted. That's all of us, pretty much. I know it's me. 
Distraction isn't just a struggle for Christians either. Look around at any bookstore or at the articles posted on LinkedIn or, or Harvard Business Review. Everybody's talking about distraction because it would seem that no one knows how to focus anymore. Focus is about directing your attention by avoiding distractions. And I believe it's when you are focused in prayer to the point of being present with God that prayer begins to come to life and you begin to hear his voice and or perceive his spirit as it speaks or moves. Now, if you're someone who struggles to focus, especially when you're praying, there is hope. You can learn to pay attention to God. But first, you have to understand that this particular battle happens in your mind. This way of praying isn't about the way you're feeling in your heart, usually. It's about discipline and self-control, the choices that you make. We've all allowed ourselves to believe that attention is like an infinite resource, like there's always enough of your attention to go around. But your attention, like your money and your time, is a limited resource. That's why we talk about it in economic language. I mean, what do you do with your attention? You pay it, right? And like money and time, you only have so much attention to spend. And the ability to focus comes when we train our brains to pay attention to what matters most. A couple of years ago, I saw a TED Talk about distraction that was given by neuroscientist Jean-Philippe Lachaud, and he really helped me understand how we can retrain our brains to focus. Neuroscientists have been studying how the brain decides whether new information and stimuli are relevant or not. We pay attention to the things that we deem to be relevant to our lives, but many of us struggle to filter out irrelevant stimuli. That's because we haven't trained our brains to manage competing interests. Dr. Lachaud said that there are three systems in the brain at work that determine our ability to focus. The first he called the habit system. And the habit system holds the memories of what we do with familiar objects or stimuli. In other words, what do you do with a cold bottle of Topo Chico? You drink it, right? What do you do with a cute puppy? You pet it. I've always had this involuntary reflex to seeing a basketball in my presence. I'm unable to see a basketball without wanting to pick it up and bounce it. And if anybody around me has a basketball in their hands, all I can think about is stealing it from him. I just want the ball. <laughs> my brain's habit system is hard at work. The second system in your brain is called the pleasure system. And this is the part of your mind that says, go for it. You deserve it. You only live once. If it feels good, do it. This system of your brain is very reactive to novelty, both new experiences and new information. And you can probably guess our pleasure systems have never been as maxed out as they are these days, as the internet and mobile technology have put unlimited new experiences and volumes of new information and stimuli at our fingertips every waking moment of our lives. Dr. Lachaud says that if you're accustomed to a high novelty environment with steady streams of stimuli, when you're forced into a more stable environment like a classroom or an office or a never-ending sermon, for example, you might struggle to stay focused because your pleasure system will revert to novelty-seeking behavior, causing you to shift your attention from one thing to another because it's trying to replace the sensation caused by the stimuli in your everyday life that you're used to, which explains a lot, right? It explains why we struggle to pray. It, it explains why I squirm in most committee meetings. <laughs> That explains so much. But the good news is there is hope for our brains because the third system, called the executive system, stabilizes our attention by governing the proposals put forth by the other two systems. 
So the executive system is the reason why you don't drink every bottle of Topo Chico that you see. You know, your habit system sees that Topo Chico and tells you to drink it because that's what you do when there's a Topo Chico in front of you. And your pleasure system sees that bottle and tells you to drink it because it would feel good to drink an ice cold Topo Chico on a hot summer day. But your executive system can override those proposals because some bottles of Topo Chico don't belong to you. Some of them belong to other people. Some bottles are empty and can't be drunk. Some bottles are plastic. And Topo Chico in a plastic bottle just isn't the same as that ice-cold glass bottle. We all know that. So there are some bottles that don't need to be picked up. But here's the problem. Several studies have shown that the executive system of the brain, which determines how well you focus, isn't designed for the constant streams of stimuli that we're feeding it today. The pace of our lives, the abundance of screen time, and the lack of downtime all contribute to the weakening of the neurons in your brain's executive system. And the moments when the executive system is vulnerable is when the distractions being proposed by the other systems override the whole system, right? They take over. So when Dr. Lachaud ended his talk, he said this. He said, the brain is at war with itself. And when he said that, I nearly jumped out of my chair because that's exactly what I've been feeling about prayer. Like I'm at war with myself sometimes. It also reminded me of Romans chapter 7 where the Apostle Paul wrote, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. What a wretched man I am. Now, sadly, this is a paraphrase of how too many of my prayer times have ended. I can't even pray right. What a wretched man that I am. But I believe God still speaks when we pray. And it's almost impossible to hear him when you're distracted. And that's why learning to give God your undivided attention will change your life. And the good news is that no matter how prone you've been to wander into distractions, there's still hope for you. First, I would encourage you to ask God to change your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Second, don't be afraid of silence, boredom, or the unknown. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Third, Prioritize your time with God by shutting out distractions. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And finally, by faith, be present with God. James 4.8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. There's actually one more thing I would add to this list. Finally, you know, when you're feeling lost in your prayer time and you just feel like it's not making a difference in your life or anyone else's, ask God to give you the gift of greater faith. Did you know that faith is a gift from God? It's not a work of your own. You don't come up with it or conjure it from within. Faith itself is a spiritual gift. So ask God to give you more faith. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. And I believe Jesus is faithful and he will always deliver on his promises. So ask away and believe. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you on Sunday at the Story Church. Bye, everybody.